get it together. <laughs> what up, what welcome, up? Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Blockuments, crypto education through everyday conversation. Woo, My name is Nate Talibet. I did. <laughs> I did. I'm like a big boy now and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I got a big boy pants on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry, I threw crypto, you off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nate Talbot, Executive Director of Detroit Blockchain Center. And to my right is the superiorly strong... Uh, Ashley Rose. <laughs> I am an everyday mother. I'm an online reseller. And I'm on a journey to figure out what in the world is going on with all of this... Bitcoin, blockchain, crypto stuff I'm hearing about. All this stuff you're hearing about. All right. Yeah, hey, what are you, what are you hearing? It. What are you hearing about it? Um, I'm hearing that it is a revolution against the banks and the man, the elites. <laughs> I guess that's one way you could frame it. Sure. Oh gosh. Help All right. Me. Help um, me. <laughs> and. According to our cha time chain, mm -hmm. not blockchain, mm -hmm. time chain, mm -hmm. what time is it? All right. We are at block height number uh, 813,349. The block size is 1.39 megabytes, and that is a total number of transactions of 1,786. Uh, 96. 96. Beautiful. Um, and the total subsidies and fees for that one were 6.335 Bitcoin, which equates to 189,726 USD. And the winners of that were Shocker via BTC. Via BTC. Yes, yes. Uh, I hope the miners are enjoying this uh, grand subsidy because that will be getting cut in half in around, what's that, probably about eight months, a little less than eight months from now. Mm, so then they'll only be getting, what, three? Three point, what is it now, 6.25, so 3.075, half of 6.25. Mm -hmm. Wow. That'll be getting cut in half. Um, so... We got some, we got a, uh, I'm sort of bullish about all of that though. Not because it typically shows the, um, not, it typically is the beginning of the next cycle, mm. right? That bull market cycle. Um, You're saying the cutting in half of it? The halving is, is typically the, where the bull, the bull market starts. Up. Yep. Not instantly, right? But mm. over months, historically speaking, mm -hmm. nothing in the future is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. But I'm not bullish because of that. I'm bullish because this will be the first time we go into a halving. This year, Has there's been so much uh, new developments built on Bitcoin. Um, you know, for years, while that sort of revolution piece... Um, has been the point, right? Mm -hmm. The the price metric, the use case of Bitcoin mm -hmm. has primarily been speculation. Now, over the years, like last cycle was the first cycle we started to really, really see usage just as peer-to-peer -peer money. Not here in like the U.S., but abroad, you'd have from nation states like El Salvador who have adopted it as legal tender to you have a lot of nations around um, Latin America, Africa, um, primarily those two spots, some places in like Southeast Asia, um, who are actually using it as um, a flight, a store of value, a flight away from their rapid inflation areas. Opting out of fiat opting out of the fiat cycle right um and this cycle though this year in 2023 specifically or in these past few thousand blocks um there's been so many technologies from side chains to advances in lightning network um we now have this thing called bitvm which we'd have to do a whole another show on right which basically down. allows you to do smart contracts uh, 
let me let me pull that back a little for the hype. <laughs> it's the first step in fully enabling smart contracts, right, on Bitcoin without needing to change Bitcoin. Hmm. Right, I would Ethereum's love to hear approach, more about and this that. is all what big, this is all what Ethereum's whole thing was. Is like we want to be able to do more than just money, right? Which I agree with in theory, right? We money isn't enough. You need right. to be able to do finance, right? Um, smart contracts is the way to do that, but it's so complicated. It's really risky to put that in your base money. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ethereum is this is how it looks. If you put it in the base money, um, BitVM is sort of how you do this if it's not on the base money as a side chain as a as a uh, side function it's not even a side chain mm-hmm. it's a side function of bitcoin um, which is really exciting and this could lead to all new types of innovations coming up over these next few years that's very interesting what does vm stand for something or is it virtual just... machine oh okay. we get techie and we'll take this 101 episode up if we start talking about the tech stuff. So we'll get into it. We'll do a whole episode on maybe uh, developments and new developments in Bitcoin or something. Um, but today, what are we talking about? Today we are talking about how do banks work? How do banks work? Yeah. Like food banks? Mm, nope. Nah, money. How do money banks work? Money banks. Papa money banks. Mm-hmm. Well... You go get you a sugar daddy or a sugar mama, and boom. Yeah, All right. if you're out there, call me. <laughs> she didn't mean that, B. She didn't mean that. Um, all right, how do banks work? What do you mean? Well, uh, I guess. Well, I guess people say, um, like, be your own bank, Bitcoin. You know, like. So then I guess first you'd want to know, like, well, how do banks work? Do I want to be my own bank? Should I want to be my own bank? That is a really good first question to have that I don't think I've heard very many people reply to when you say be your own bank. Should I be my own? Do I even want that responsibility? Because the answer is probably no. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, I'm assuming then we're talking about banks today. Yeah. Well, when would we be talking about banks tomorrow? Well, yes, we could talk about <laughs> banks tomorrow, but that would be how should banks work. Mm. We could talk That's about banks way. yesterday, which would mm-hmm. be how did banks work. I, I feel like you have to, well, I guess let's talk about today, and then there might be like questions about how did they work, like how do we get to today, maybe. All right. I can do that really quick and easy. <clears throat> how oh, do boy. banks work? Um... When you go to a bank, right, mm-hmm. and you say, I want money, mm-hmm. they basically look you up and down. They might do a little side check thing. Mm-hmm. And if they want to give you money, they go to their spreadsheet and they say, Ashley Rose now has $50,000. Done. And that's how banks work. <laughs> Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. No, See you next week. Come for the riches. What? No, there's more to it. There has to be. They don't. You mean like you're saying you're alleging <laughs> that the bank? Okay, you walk into a bank and you're like, I want fifty thousand dollars. I'm gonna go buy a new car. And then they're like, Oh, do 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 do. Type it in, and that's what you get. See, she understands. <laughs> I'm not alleging that's exactly how it works. But then, so thank you for coming to our TED talk. How's that Come possible? for the riches, stay for the riff. What? So, 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 so you're so I'm, you're, I don't understand. Like I don't get it. So you're saying like they can just make up their own money and like just like why can't I do that? Well, because I don't know you. I don't trust you. Well, but you could theoretically do that. Oh, you mean like um. What, counterfeiting? No, we, no. <laughs> no. No. If you wanted to be a bank, you be a bank and then you do the same thing. Like go get a license? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're not giving me details here. <clears throat> you tell me, how do you think banks work? I think that you go, like, it's, I think it's a place for people to store their money. I think that you, you, you go to a bank, you give them your money, say, hey, can you hold on to this for me? It's, we're living in a digital world. I don't want to hold on to and carry, you know, all of my millions of dollars. <laughs> um, 
And so I'd like for you to hold on to it for me. Uh, and what I, you can give me this handy dandy little credit like debit card, and I can just swipe it whenever I need to use my money. And you'll just hold on to it for me because you're so kind. Huh. What? This is not a theoretical question, and this is not like a deep probe. I'm not trying to be <clears throat> philosophical on you. Mm-hmm. When you say they hold your money, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? What is money? Not philosophically. I'm not looking I'm for a history. Dollars. What is money? All right. You want them to hold your dollars. Yeah. So before we started this episode today, our producer asked you mm-hmm. if you had some dollars. Right. Right. Change. Some, some extra change. So <coughs> excuse me. out of all the dollars that you have at your fingertips, mm-hmm. how many of those, what percentage of those did you actually have on you today? I don't know, like... Rough estimate. We're not going to do math and check like five, it. Like 5, what, 5%, 2%? 2%? Yeah. All right. Um, I have 0%. I don't hold dollars at all, right? Mm-hmm. And most people are someplace between me and you, right? Mm-hmm. Out of all the dollars, let's put it like this. If you use U.S. dollars as our base when we talk about money for the mm-hmm. context of this conversation, if we use U.S. dollars, U.S. money, right, mm-hmm. as context... Someplace in the neighborhood of 98 to 99% of all the dollars in existence aren't physical. Oh, they're just numbers on a screen. Is that what you're trying to get at? They're just numbers on a screen. <coughs> dollars don't exist. Excuse me. Which is why I asked you in the beginning, are you talking about how banks did work, mm-hmm. how banks should work, or how banks do work? And if it's how banks do work... Mm-hmm. What you said in the beginning, you literally walk... It's numbers in a spreadsheet that the bank... Um, updates, right? So they're a business that doesn't have to be held to any sort of like standards of like when it comes to like revenue or like, well, are, they are a business, aren't they? They are a business. So let's, let's stop beating around. Let me stop beating around the bush. Yeah, please. Okay. <laughs> I'm like trying to ask the right question, but I'm like, dang, I don't. It really is as simple as what you said. And by the end of this conversation, hopefully you'll see that. Okay. So, um, Yes, banks still do serve a function of holding dollars, physical dollars for you, right? Mm -hmm. But I think a better way of thinking about that today is not that you go to a bank and you put $100 into it, Mm -hmm. right? And they're holding $100 bills for you. That's not really what happens. That's how banks used to work. Right, because yeah, you're right. Because now I get like a direct deposit, so they're well, like. Well, even if you walked in with a hundred dollar bill, yeah, right. Really, what you're doing is you're not. They're no bank, almost no bank. I don't know of a bank, so maybe no banks. Almost no banks store dollars for you. What they do is they take your physical dollars mm-hmm. when you deposit them into mm-hmm. your savings account or a checking account or whatever when you deposit physical dollars into the account all they're doing is basically evaporating that physical dollar right and turning it into a digital dollar mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. a digital version uh, uh, an electronic dollar to be clear in terminology it's not really a digital dollar it's an electronic electronic version of your dollar right via a spreadsheet now as far as the bank you see yourself coming in with physical dollars and depositing them that's not what the bank sees on their end they have this double ledger accounting book right Mm -hmm. and they say all right uh alice walked in Mm -hmm. and deposit and asked for a hundred dollars we just all right we like information we have about Alice will create out of thin air a hundred dollars it's only on this spreadsheet right I've put this in here um, now Alice can choose to utilize that hundred dollars however she wants to so maybe she chooses to go to an ATM or go to the bank and withdraw a physical hundred dollar bill asset mm-hmm. okay she ends up taking that hundred dollar bill asset and giving it to you for something right Mm-hmm. And then you come to the bank, and then you deposit that $100 bill because mm-hmm. you want to have access to it later. Right. All the bank sees is we created a $100 bill. Mm-hmm. Ashley deposited a $100 bill. Mm-hmm. So we'll convert that back to digital. We had $100. Now we got $100. We're back at zero. Mm-hmm. 
They created money. They've accounted for the money. Boom. It's a spreadsheet. Okay, but what I'm not understanding is, like, do they have, like, a budget where they're like, okay, we have, we're starting with, like, $100 million. No. You're already wrong. And we have to balance the That's how banks did work. Nope. You're already taking it from the wrong approach. There is no initial balance. So they have an infinite, like, on their on their budget, it's just like an infinity sign. They just... Yep. Money want. is not a fixed supply thing. What you're confusing this with is commodity money, which is what the world used to use, mm-hmm. but hasn't really used, hasn't technically used, right, um, since the 70s. So for 50 years, it hasn't worked like that. Meaning when, Theoretically, when we, meaning when we got off of the gold standard. That's when we got off the gold standard, okay. which is a commodity money base. Right. Technically speaking, yeah. we went to a pure fiat standard, right? Yeah. Um, prior to that, while technically we were on commodity money, governments and banks have been weaning us off of commodity money mm-hmm. for a few hundred years, several hundred years before that. So we haven't really had that, what most people think of when they think of how bank deposits and withdrawals and loans, all that works. That hasn't really been the case for hundreds of years, right? It's just our education systems suck and they don't really teach us that probably because if you knew how money worked, you'd freak the fuck out. Yeah. Right? But like we call this, especially if you're in the Bitcoin world or the crypto world, you'll call this fiat money. What does fiat mean? Like, what's the literal definition like of fiat? Like, like owned? Government, no, it's, government it's produced? derived from, I think, Latin, mm. which just means by decree. Mm. I said it. Mm. So because fiat money so. means money because I've said so. Oh, okay. When you ask what backs the dollar, right? Most people, oh, gold. I still think today most people would still think gold. Mm-hmm. It's not. It hasn't been since the 70s by the most technical standards. Mm -hmm. And theoretically, it hasn't been since 100 years or so Mm. been backed by gold. Um, um, It's by decree. What backs the U.S. dollar? The good will and faith of the U.S. government. The U.S. has such a good, great reputation, heavy quotes around great and reputation and all this, but the U.S. has such a great reputation Mm -hmm. that if it says... There's this money. Everybody's just like, well, they're not going to screw us over. If they say that's what it is, it's what it is. That's theoretically how that works. Oh, mm-hmm. And by decree, the the government, so like there's uh, the meme, especially through the whole lockdown era of uh, the 2020s, right? Mm-hmm. There was this meme that went around like the Federal Reserve, right? The government, however you want to, two separate things, technically speaking, but... The money printer goes burr. The (laughs) Fed prints money. Fred doesn't print money. The the Fed buys debt. Uh Uh-oh, I'm writing that down. Right? So we're going to get into a little bit of deep thing. Maybe take out some paper and pen or take a couple notes because it can get tricky. I should have built like a little graph thing or whatever. Ask ChatGPT to do that for me or something. But (laughs) all right. So in the U.S., how it works is the and this is on a federal level right people think all right well if we want to increase social security right we have to do something with taxes or if you want to do welfare um whether it's corporate welfare or personal welfare any kind of any kind of um um what do you call a subsidy type program you'll have to raise taxes to produce revenue Mm -hmm. to give redistribute. That is not how government works, especially on a federal level. Does not, your taxes do not pay for NASA. Your taxes do not pay for government subsidies. Your taxes do not pay for war. Your taxes don't pay for any of that. That hasn't been true in such a long time. All right, you just blew my mind. Right? Your taxes don't pay for anything. Um, when the government, <laughs> on a federal level, okay, okay, on federal, a local level, federal, federal, right? Federal if you pay like state level. taxes because they're like we got to fix the roads, right, right, right. they have to. But a state like we're in Michigan, Michigan yeah. can't print print its own money, 
right? Mm, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. The federal government can right. print its own money. Right. So then why do they and tax us? We'll get to that. Okay. I need to know now. <laughs> so how it works is the Treasury Department, which is the government, will say, well, Congress will say something like, we want to be in five wars right now because we love war. Okay. Sounds familiar. But we have to pay for troops. We have to pay for equipment. We have to pay for transportation. We have to pay. We got to pay for all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we need money. Mm-hmm. So the Treasury Department will do something like, all right, well, let's make some money. Mm-hmm. And so they'll issue treasuries and mm-hmm. bonds, treasury bonds, right? Okay. Um, this is basically saying like, hey, if you give us some money, you citizens, you other countries, you corporations, anybody, if you give us money, we're going to give you this treasury bond, this bond, which is a promise to pay back all the money you've given us with this interest rate, right? So you'll get assuming a little bit of Assuming they win bump. the war. Always assuming they win the war. Yeah. Um, but it's the U.S. Yeah. They never lose. All heavy quotes. If you're listening, there's a lot of sarcasm in my face and a lot of heavy quotes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, assuming you win the war, we're going to pay this back. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are like war bonds. You've probably heard, especially during the World Wars, these became popular. So what it really is is fundraising. It's fundraising. But what do you do when nobody wants to buy your bond? You Mm. haven't raised any funds. Right. This is where the Federal Reserve steps in. What the Federal Reserve will do is they'll be the buyer of last resort. Right? Mm -hmm. So you're the Treasury Department. You issue all these bonds. People can buy them. Maybe you you know, for your college, whatever, for the kids or whatever. But nobody buys enough to pay for fund for the war, the Federal Reserve, which is not a government agency, right? right? These are private banks, come in and they say, well, look, we'll buy all the bonds from you, right? Yeah. But that's debt. So the U.S. now owes... Is in debt to the, the Federal, Federal Reserve, Reserve right? Okay. And so the Federal Reserve is buying the treasuries and whatnot and buying whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the government gets their money mm-hmm. and they go do their war. Right. Right. But now they've issued so much debt, they need to you get these things like inflation and things like that start to get out of hand. Right. And so they'll charge you taxes Mm. to sort of pull the money back in and they can sort of destroy it and do whatever they want to. So their the money supply can be in a realm where they feel they can control it. Right. The government, they being the government. So what you're saying is that taxes are the federal taxes are meant to reduce inflation they're meant to control money supply so they print the money through debt Mm -hmm. but when there's and that will be sort of how you get good times and the economic stimulus all this stuff that's how you get that flowing Mm -hmm. you print the money but once that gets out there and the money gets excessive like it did under the lockdown regime uh uh, regimen, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's too much money flowing. This is inflation. Mm-hmm. So we need to pull it back. You can do a couple different things. You can raise taxes, which pulls that in, mm-hmm. or you could call on the Federal Reserve to do something, and they'll usually do that through raising interest rates. They'll make money more expensive to do things like borrowing. So right? the Federal Reserve has a lot of power for just being uh, a, a standard bank. For being the buyer of last resort. But Think could, of them like that. Couldn't, but couldn't any bank be a buyer of last? Couldn't, well, well couldn't, like, the Chase Federal decide? Reserve. Well, here's here's the thing. Okay. Because we're gonna get, we're about to get to that. So the, you, we're talking up. about the okay. right. So you got the Federal Reserve, the big bank, right? You can't ever go to the Federal Reserve, right. and get money. And try to open up an account. And yeah. open up an account and all that. Yeah. Yet, yeah. They're working on that. Right. We don't want oh, that. Yeah, that's the Fed. But they're working ID, right? that. That's the well, Fed now. Or but it's thing. really this is what CBDCs become. But we'll get a to that. A lot of Take stuff is starting to make sense right now. Right. So the Federal Reserve is the bank that banks, commercial banks, use. Mm. You go to a Chase. You go to a Bank of America. So a like Wells a Fargo. Bank. You go to a retail bank or okay. a commercial bank. Right. Mm, okay. They go to the Federal Reserve. Okay. Right. Right. And so when you hear them say, right, we're printing money, 
the Federal Reserve and the Treasury don't print money. The Treasury prints debt. Okay. Right? They build out these IOUs, like, here's a receipt, buy it from me. The right. Federal Reserve guarantees that all those treasuries will get bought if, right. if corporations, consumers, other countries don't buy them okay. or buy enough. Banks, the commercial banks, the uh -huh. retail banks, the Chase, the JP Morgan's, Bank of America's, they print the money. And that's because we don't use commodity money anymore. When people think of banks, they think of like, oh, you're holding, yeah. I give you my savings and yeah. you loan it out to somebody else. Right. That hasn't been true for a very long time. Because they don't need to because they can they just print it. They don't need to. Oh. They'll just, when you go to a bank, they'll just update their ledger. They'll print it. When you say, I want to start a business, I need $150,000. This is frustrating. They say here, hear. because the concept is, mm -hmm. the theory is, I can print this $150,000, you disperse it however you want to, yeah. eventually that $150,000 is gonna come back to my bank or right. it's gonna come back to the banking system. Right. So in the best case scenario, let's take uh, Bank of America for example. Mm -hmm. I go to Bank of America and say I need $150,000 to start a business. Yeah. They agree to print it for me. And they don't print it. Yeah. They literally just they type it in. Type it in. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's updated because I'm probably not paying cash for all this stuff. Okay. And then I go to you, who's going to build up my factory or build up whatever I'm in or help supply. Yeah. And you're like, well, I need fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. I'm probably just going to transfer it to you using right. a credit card, a debit card, a wire transfer. Right. And that's just the bank saying, okay, something still digital. We gave we we created one hundred fifty thousand dollars for Nate. Yep. We're going to take fifty thousand. And send it to Ashley's account. Yep. On the bank's ledger, it's still one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right. Because now for this, they're charging me interest. Right. I'm paying interest on this. For your hundred fifty thousand yep. for my mm -hmm. loan. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. Um. So when I pay back the principal, that hundred fifty thousand dollars, the bank doesn't take that hundred fifty thousand dollars because it's not physical dollars mm -hmm. anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. They're basically just redestroying the money. They've they've generated one hundred fifty thousand dollars. They've given to me mm -hmm. the principal. That one hundred fifty thousand dollars I pay back. As they get it back, they just basically destroy it. So their balance sheet stays at zero as far as the principal loan. Mm. But the interest yeah, that's, that they're making, yeah. well, that's money coming from other money they've printed or whatever that turns into sort of this real money that they can put on their balance sheet as profit. Mm. Right, so they yeah. charge me ten percent interest. They're yeah. going to get fifteen thousand dollars back on their balance sheet. All imaginary money. Yeah. It's really critical. Everybody understands money is made up. Even commodity money is imaginary. Gold is imaginary. Right it's just a rock. <laughs> we tie all the value to it. So, so then why is counterfeiting illegal? If it's well, because it messes up thing? the balance sheets and it messes up the economy. Because then you don't have an accurate representation. There should only be X amount of dollars. There's more of it. You don't really know where it's well, whatever. But what if you just counterfeit it and you send the bank a note and say, hey, I made this much money. Put that on your balance sheet. Yeah, write your congressman. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's sort of how it worked. The reason we're in this banking in the system we're in now, one of the reasons is um, throughout like the 19th century, so like the 1800s and prior to that, mm -hmm. maybe even into the... 1900s, the 20th century. I don't know exact cutoff date, um, but banks did used to basically do that. So you would go to Chase and say you want money. They would literally just give you that receipt, even though it was a commodity-based money, and that's why I say commodity-based money isn't even how it used to work. Mm -hmm. They would fractional reserve the hell out of it mm -hmm. as they wanted to, and you would have this Chase dollar. Yeah, which is that. But I might have a Bank of America dollar. Right. But those $1 aren't equal to each other because Bank of America might only fractionally reserve 50% of their money, mm -hmm. while Chase fractionally reserves 80% of their money. Right. But both of those dollars are the receipt for... The commodity that's supposed to be backing them. But nobody goes and cashed. People haven't, in hundreds of years, cashed in those um, things. They just pass around the receipt. So it's like, how money, it's like this is how banks used to work, mm, right? They don't work like that anymore because that mm, isn't a receipt anymore. That like overselling is, an air, like an air, uh, an overselling of a flight, basically. 
That's how money used to work. You sell all the tickets, but then when someone shows up to get on the flight, oops, sorry, not enough flight. Right. That's how money used to work. Mm -hmm. That isn't how it works now, but most people still think that's how it works. I fully thought that was how it worked. Right. <laughs> and so, like in in sort of Bitcoiner terms or or hard money enthusiast terms, right? Um, we're used to hearing the arguments against like Austrian economics and Keynesian economics, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Austrian is a hard belief as a very high level overview. Austrian is like this hard belief in hard money, right? Commodity money, gold type money. Okay. Keynesian economics is more like, well, we're not going to concern ourselves so much. It might still be gold backed money. It might still be commodity money, but money by nature has these ebbs and flows mm -hmm. and we should really really fight hard to kill those ebbs like we want to avoid downturns okay even if that means sacrificing long term like making it even more and more risky mm -hmm. we don't want people to ever suffer Austrians are more like, we don't want people to suffer, but it's better in little spurts, right? Mm -hmm. It's better to fall and bump your knee, fix that, learn from it, and move on than it is to fall and break your whole leg mm -hmm. and hip, mm -hmm. right? Keynesian's like, we just don't want people to fall. So but Keynesian, now... So Keynesian is like building the bubble. Keynesian is starting to build the bubble. This is what modern economics up to around 2001 to 2008. This is how, from like the, definitely the 70s, really the early 1900s, yeah. all the way through to about 2000, early 2000s. Mm -hmm. This is how global economies worked off of so Keynesian economics. Keynesian's like meme would be like, everything's fine with like the dumpster fire behind them. Uh, <laughs> everything's fine. No, everything's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that about Keynesians. I would say they're more like, yeah, everything's sort of on fire, but don't worry, we have water hoses. Mm. Let's just use those. Okay. Austrians are more like, let's not play with fire. Mm -hmm. Now we have this whole other school, which is called modern monetary theorists. Okay. They are like, fire doesn't exist, man. <laughs> just chill out. Oh it's all gosh. in your mind, man. Yeah. You don't need the water hose. There is no fire. Oh, no. that's And that's modern? That's what we do now. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, and it's the basis of, their, it's not that they're entirely wrong. Mm -hmm. Right? Money is made up. Right. It's a human construct. Mm -hmm. Gold has no value beyond what we, mm -hmm. as a society, give it. Mm -hmm. Right? This is why when you... When Europeans came to the Americas, the Native Americans here were flush in gold. Mm. So if you were a Spaniard and came over like, I'll give you gold for that thing. They're like, ah, yeah, do you see got, this building? Yeah. It's built out of that. You want to yeah. give me fucking cement? Yeah. But that thing you're riding, what'd yeah. you call that? Yeah. This horse? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So money is what you make it. Right. It's made up. Right. And if money is made up, the concept of inflation and deflation and supply and demand, all of those things are also made up. Right. Because right? they're based off of the money issue. But that being said, even though it's made up, there's rules that apply, like inflation and deflation. If you're going to play, it's like playing Dungeons and Dragons or, or Monopoly. Have you ever played Monopoly? Yeah. All right. What do you use free parking? What's the purpose of the free parking square in Monopoly? Uh-oh, I don't play, like, that much. <laughs> well, just, like, if, if you ever played it, what was it used for? To, like, to do what? To collect the money. To collect the money. Our producer says collect the money. What did you, oh. when you played it, what is it for? Everybody, I was just going to say, um... So you're, nah. you're a regular citizen, you have no idea what it's for. Yeah, I don't and know. And if you read the rule books, it's for nothing. Nothing happens with um, free parking. It's literally meant for, according to the rules, when you land on it, you don't got to worry about paying rent. You don't get to buy nothing. It's free parking. You just get to chill for a ride. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just like to catch a break for a second. Right. But Monopoly is a made-up game. Mm -hmm. So you get to make up rules. Yeah. And so... I've always played it like, all right, when you have to pay taxes in Monopoly and when you go to jail and pay the $50 to get out of jail in Monopoly and all these other little fines and stuff, mm -hmm. where does that money go? 
The rules say it goes back to the bank mm -hmm. on paper. Mm -hmm. But who cares about that's Monopoly's rules. Mm -hmm. That's uh war uh who makes Monopoly? The not Warner Brothers, but close enough. Mm -hmm. That's their uh that's their rules. <laughs> this is my house. House rules. Yeah. House rules is when you pay to get out of jail, that money goes under free parking. Oh. When you pay your taxes, that money goes under free parking. And whoever lands on the free parking gets it. Gets it. That just turned into a lottery. Yeah. We just made those rules up. Yeah. I think because I Because you can do that. Yeah. Why can't you do that with regular money? You can because it's all just made up. Yeah. Just the players have to agree by the rules. Oh. Right? Yeah. And so modern monetary theorists are like, these are just rules that we made up. You're the U.S. government. Yeah. Why do you need commodity-backed money? You've already given that up. Yeah. Right? It's it's now fiat. It's by decree. Yeah. If it's by decree, why do you need to worry about your debt? Debt is irrelevant. If, if anybody tries to call you on your debt, yeah. you just print the money and pay off the debt. You can't do that. Ashley Rose can't yeah. do that yeah. because you don't have a money printer in your basement. You don't get to update you your spreadsheet of. that we know of. <laughs> right? But... The, gov the U.S. government, Michigan, yeah, yeah, where we are, yeah. can't do that. They don't just get to go. You can't go to Lansing and they just print up Michigan dollars, right? Because they have to play by the rules of the federal government. Right. So they need to collect taxes. City of Detroit, mm -hmm. right? They need to collect taxes. To get some sort of revenue. In order for any revenue flow to happen. Okay. And again, this isn't a debate on whether taxes, you should pay taxes, you should right. want to pay taxes, taxes, they, whatever, however you feel about taxes, great. But they, if you want a functioning um, local municipality, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. needs to get funded yeah, somehow, somehow yeah. right? The federal level hasn't played that game in years, 50 to 100 years. Because they don't need to. Because they don't need to, especially if you're the U.S. government. Because you are not only printing up the money for the country, the, the rest of the world... Right now sort of depends on your money. So you hear a lot of people today talk about like, well, the U.S. government screwed because bricks, right? Mm -hmm. The bricks system and people can start paying for bricks. Why haven't you heard the U.S. really panic really about bricks system? There's two reasons. Why? Because mm -hmm. mm, we have maybe bigger like guns. We have bigger guns. <laughs> and, and some, like the countries, or those other places, like maybe OS debt or something? Or like, I don't know. I don't know. BRICS is... BRICS, phone a friend. BRICS stands for Brazil, Brazil Russia, Russia, India, um, China, South Africa. Mm -hmm. Right? Those are the countries that sort of make that up. All of them, once you dig into their books, they all still depend on the U.S. dollar. Mm. They're not totally broken away from the like you'll you'll have heard before if you don't understand money and banks and how they work well the u.s is screwed because china owns so much u.s debt right and that was a uh, if you don't understand money you're yeah. like well china can just call in that debt and then the u.s is screwed well, they well not because it. the u.s can just well no the u.s can just print the money i don't care how much we owe china right. how much do we owe we own three trillion dollars Hey, go print $3 trillion. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Because we'll, we'll fix the inflation part later. Yeah, but that would be us paying taxes back. That would be on the burden well, of the people. Well, it would be on the burden of the people to pay it back, or they could do interest rates. There's a lot of games with modern monetary because you can change the rules. Free parking doesn't work like this anymore. Hey, let's change the rules. Yeah. Right? And so if BRICS is mostly backed by China, and China's thing? economy is backed by U.S. debt, mm -hmm. then BRICS is just a derivative of U.S. dollars still. They don't care. Go yeah. use the BRICS system. We still get paid at the end of the day. Now, okay, two, part, two questions here. Number one, they're two separate questions. Mm -hmm. Who makes the rules? Like, who gets to decide the rules? Uh -huh. Okay, and then... I thought I heard something about like Russia was like stockpiling gold so then they could mm -hmm. start using their, I believe it's rubles, mm -hmm. and they could get off of the U.S. dollar. But even still, like. All right. So first question, who makes the rules? Mm -hmm. This is why we Bitcoin, right? Yeah. And if you don't Bitcoin, maybe you Ethereum or maybe you Avalanche. But this is why we do any of this, mm -hmm. right? Crypto. We're, this is why we crypto. Because... <laughs> The rules are plainly written in advance. Mm -hmm. We can all see them. We run our own nodes, right? Or our own validator, you do whatever. 
and you see the rules and the rules can't be changed. We as a collective decide the rules. And if we decide we want to change the rules, we change the rules, right? Um, we being the people who are playing. Who are playing. running the nodes. So in a Bitcoin situation, those who run nodes, those who do mining, those who you know do the programming. Are active in the network. They're active in the network. They make the rules. And all of us sort of have to agree. All of the parties involved have to sort of agree to change the rules. The miners can't just change the rules. Okay. Right. If they do, none of the nodes, none of the developers, none of the businesses will accept those rules. Mm-hmm. And then the miners, those blocks get rejected. So how we start each show, right? You're reading mm-hmm. off this pool won the block. But if they try to change the rules, well, nobody else participates in that. So your block subsidy just went to nothing. Yeah. Because nobody's ever going to respect any of those transactions. No Bitcoin, tra- none of that. So we so get to change the rules. Block. It's a full block. It's an invalid block. Mm-hmm. Nobody, unless you accept that invalid. minus rules. Okay. So this is like where you have Bitcoin, then you have like Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash said, we want to change the rules. Those who like to play by Bitcoin Cash's rules went to Bitcoin Cash. Mm-hmm. Those who didn't want Bitcoin Cash's rules stayed at Bitco- stayed on Bitcoin proper. Okay. The market then priced both of those assets. Mm-hmm. They both work. If you're if you use Bitcoin Cash, you use Bitcoin Cash. Yeah. But the market doesn't value that just as as much as they value Bitcoin. Just like Chase gets to print money, you could print money. You could go get a banking license and stuff, and then you could print money. But the question is, does anybody value your money? The market will decide if they value Ashley's. You're saying printing. if I if I print something other than the USD from you, my bank. Yeah, that's. Oh, and that's why you get the regulations. You let's say you bypass all the regulations. You just want to start your own bank. You find a way to do that without having to get banking licenses and all that. The question is, do they value it? Mm-hmm. This is why so many countries depend on the U.S. dollar. At the end of the day, um, Russia, which goes into your second question, the ruble, and Russia's never wanted to play this U.S. game on record. They're mm-hmm. like the first nation of record to like not want to get on the fiat standard not want to go buy a gold backed US dollar stable currency or uh, reserve currency. Russia's always been anti that. I personally think that's why there's always been this sort of contention between yeah. Russia and the US. Um, but they've never wanted to play it. But they're in a global society. You're in a, to, to meme it we, you live in a society. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so it's like cool. You're going to stockpile gold yeah. and then back your ruble off of gold. But what makes gold valuable? Mm, well, I, I initially think two things. I think because there's um, a limited amount and it's produced by like the earth. And then the other thing is we said so. <laughs> we said so. Society said so. Yeah. Society has now said, look, in global catastrophe... When everything else is at question, we value gold. And so there's conflict in the Middle East right now. Yeah. When that started, gold price went up, right? Because it's a sort of a flight to safety. When that gets resolved, whatever that resolution looks like, mm-hmm. right? Assuming it doesn't lead to World War Three, mm-hmm. gold price will plummet. Because right. that's what gold does. Yeah. So people don't respect gold the same way they did 300 years ago. Gold is a sort of flight to safety. Mm-hmm. But in good times, or at least moderately good times, gold becomes just this other thing for yeah. gold bugs, mm-hmm. right? Um, who think it's always bad times. And I tend to agree. <laughs> I agree more with them than the others. But, yeah. right? And so they'll use gold as that base. So that's where gold's base price comes from. So it probably won't crash below, you know. Yeah. 1200 or 15 you know, give or take a few hundred dollars it won't crash below that because the support so when russia says i want to take my rubles we're going to make it a, a its own thing cool but people got to trust russia people got to care enough about gold and they got to trust russia and it's not a russia unique problem it's the same reason why any country you name that's not the u.s mm-hmm. um can't print its own money 
because it's not a thing. They could, technically. Venezuela did that. Respected or something? Well, yeah. Who's going to respect? This is why the BRICS argument. Let's say no country in BRICS has any connection with U.S. dollar systems, Mm -hmm. U.S. monetary system. They really have their really unique adjacent BRICS system. Money is really just how you store your purchasing power for Mm -hmm. future usage, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you trust your purchasing power to Brazil? I don't really know enough about them. If, some, if, if they had a dollar, I'd be like, probably that's okay. Right, but now look at their economy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Would you trust it to Russia? Do you trust China with your purchasing power? No. India? No. South Africa? No. You don't even trust these players. You have to trust these players. Some maybe you trust more than the others, but yeah. you ha- when you're talking about your purchasing power, right? Like I don't even you trust have to my store neighbor. it someplace. <laughs> you don't even trust your neighbor, right? They're just next door. <laughs> right. So for whatever reason that you trust, so most people trust the U.S. Not that they trust the U.S. Yeah. Again, if you're just listening and not seeing, there's heavy quotes around a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, all right, it's, it's the U.S. The has past. bigger bullets. Yeah. So if it came down to it, the U.S. could force you to use their currency or force or enforce somebody who is trying to skirt their currency. Yeah. I don't think Venezuela could enforce any currency controls they lay down outside of their own border. So Mm -hmm. outside of their border, their money is worthless. Mm -hmm. But that also makes it worthless inside of their border, which is why the most What's the number one used cryptocurrency on the planet? Oh, oh, I know this. We talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's on Tron, it right? It is on Tron. Uh, Tether? Tether. What is Tether? Uh, stable coin. Just a stable coin. Stable to what? Stable compared to what? Sta- oh, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's compared stable. to the U.S. dollar. Okay, yep. It's stable to the U.S. <laughs> dollar. One Tether is supposed to... Oh, staying pegged yeah. to one U.S. dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're measuring dollars to dollars, mm-hmm. well, the price doesn't fluctuate. One dollar is one dollar. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. People want dollars. Whatever reason is you can feel however you want to. People want dollars now because the U.S. is the U.S. That can change over the next 20 years, mm-hmm. 50 years. Mm-hmm. Some people say it's changing right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But today... Most people at this block height <laughs> and money is just at this block height. Money is imaginary, and in most people's imagination, yeah. the U.S. dollar is the safest top bet dog. for that. The top G. <laughs> it's the top dog, as far as like your day to day. Yeah. But wealthy people, um, wealthy nations, yeah. people that can afford savings, nobody saves in dollars. Yeah. So then it's really not the top dog. Well, it is the top dog when it comes to transactions and payments. Okay. It's not the top dog when it comes to a store of value. Mm. What is the top dog? Well, right now, today, at this block height, Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you Historically, were Historically, <laughs> gold, real estate, yeah. stock markets. Yeah. I mean, there's alternate things. The number one top dog has been Bitcoin. Um, How much time do we have left? I got a question I got to ask. We got, a few, we got a couple minutes. Cool, we got a while. Cool. Okay, so then now where does it become like a be your own bank in Bitcoin? Wait, say it one more time. Like where, like how does, where does be your own bank in Bitcoin Be come your from? own bank. Gotcha. So, um... Yep. A, it's a cruddy, <laughs> it's a cruddy saying. It's really like, it, the, the saying is... Um, for be your own bank, mm-hmm. so we know how banks work. They print their own money, they control their own thing, they make their own rules, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you, uh, another question you ask is who gets to make make those rules, right? right? And I explained how, like in Bitcoin or any other system, right, where it's decentralized, right? We make that, and in U.S. economics, Western economics, the euro, the dollar, the the, the British pound, um, all of these countries, a few, it's a mixture of typically unelected officials. So it's not even if you're in a representative government's type, a republic, a democracy, or whatever, it's not even the person you voted for making the rules. Um, in the U.S., the head of the treasury who issues debt, 
right? Mm-hmm. They're appointed by the president. Right. Who right. you don't even vote for, really, directly, right? Yeah. You got that whole electoral college thing. Right, right, right. So you have the the president who you don't directly really vote for. It depends on what state you live in and how much control you have over that. Then they appoint a treasury secretary, right, who dis- yeah. who basically decides how much debt the U.S. can issue. Then they call upon the Federal Reserve, who's mostly private banks, right? Okay. You have you have some government appointees who head the Federal Reserve, but the Federal Reserve is private banks mm-hmm. who guarantee that debt that the Treasury Department has sort of issued, and they act as the buyer of last resort. Also, they act as a lender of last resort to the commercial banks, retail banks that we interact with, mm-hmm. right, who also aren't elected in all this. And so literally... Who decides to print money? The person, when you go to ask for a loan, the person sitting across from you who's like, yay or nay, Mm -hmm. they decide. That person decides what the rules are. You get money, you don't get money. And then they work on a very loose set of rules that that the Federal Reserve will guarantee. So if they mess up, the Federal Reserve will guarantee it. So you heard about those bank collapses that happened a few thousand blocks ago, right? All the banks that were collapsing, yeah. like SVP. Yeah. So they played by the rules, but they made some wrong bets. And it's really because the Treasury screwed them over. This gets complicated on that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't collapse. So like SVB, SV, um, Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, mm-hmm. SVB. They um they didn't collapse because a bank run happened because of commodity money, the way people think about it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that SVB took Alice's deposit and loaned it out to you, and then Alice came asking for her money back. That's not what happened. It wasn't like, you're saying it wasn't a run on the bank, is it? It was a run on a bank, okay, okay. but it's not because SVB took Alice's deposits mm. and then gave them to Ashley Rose and then Alice came and asked for her money back, and they didn't have the You're money. Saying, okay. It happened because SVB, Alice came and deposited all this money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Well, the bank gets to print money, so yeah, loans didn't like, matter. Yeah. Banks are in the business of making money. Right. They took that money mm-hmm. that Alice deposited, mm. and they put it into um, treasuries. They made it back. They bought treasuries that the Treasury Department issued. They bought U.S. debt. Mm-hmm. With a promise, like let's say they did a six month, a one year, a ten year, three year. You can do all these different. Yeah. So maybe they did a one year bet, basically, mm-hmm. because it's a safe bet. The treasure, the U.S. Yeah. government, fiat yeah. by decree, yeah. never. I'll fails. buy U.S. debt yeah. with this money. Alice probably won't come back and ask for all her money at once. Right. So I'll buy this debt in a year. I'll get that money back plus interest. So I've made some money off of Alice's money. Right. I'll give her 0.5% of that mm-hmm. or 4% if you're doing like uh, actual savings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I'll give an Alice a small cut of that. But what happened is Alice came to ask for that money back. But the Treasury Department and Fed done messed up because they raised the interest rates. Right. So on paper, right, if Alice deposited $100,000, okay. the SVB took $100,000 and bought U.S. Treasury okay. with a promise of a, let's say, 2% return, okay, right? Mm-hmm. But then the, the lockdowns, the, the world happened. Mm-hmm. The Federal Reserve raised the interest rates, okay. which causes the interest rate of the, the, the Treasury to actually go down. So now it might be paying like 0.2% yield or 1%. They don't have the money. Right. If they were, Alice comes demanding that money back, if the bank, the only way the bank can get it is they have to go liquidate, they have to figure out somebody else to buy the treasury for, mm. the treasury bond from them for $100,000 at least so they can give it to Alice. But nobody's but buying, nobody's buying it because the rate is going down, which means they have to sell it at a loss. They might only be able to sell it for $90,000. But government doesn't buy it back? Yeah, only when it comes to maturity. Oh, only in if that. you have a ten-year treasury, you the government's off the hook for ten years. I see. You're betting that this government will still be around in ten years, Ooh. right? And the government's not going anywhere, but they're not paying the same interest rate right now because they got ten years to to so there's meet no motivation their obligation for someone else. 
So yeah, if you come along, why would you buy a hundred thousand dollar treasury to make like that was bought at that was yeah. promised at three percent, but the current rates are only point five percent. And we've seen in Europe over the le- over this huge recession that nobody admits we have right going on right now. We've mm-hmm. seen in Europe it hit negative interest rates. Jeez, well, that yes. means the bank is paying the U.S. government to lend the U.S. Uh, well, the European government at yeah. that time. Yeah. They're paying the U.S. governments oh, to no. to loan them money. So that percent that you buy the treasury at isn't is not actually guaranteed. It is guaranteed, but like, what's the first thing you said? Assuming the country's still going to be around, assuming you win the war. Yeah. So it's guaranteed to the extent that the guarantor and it's only is gar- credit worthy enough. And it's only guaranteed um, in, on that year from now date. On the date of maturity. Date of yeah. maturity. Okay. Which got really complicated, probably really quick, but. That's generally how it works, right? It's it's money made up. Mm-hmm. People make up the rules at the end of the day. Yeah. And usually it's people who other people didn't even ask to make up the rules. And you have no predictability on how that works. And this is why people fl- flee to a system like Bitcoin, because the rules are predetermined and no small subset of individuals can change those rules. So, okay, so you're saying... The banks make their own rules. So by be, so in in the sense of saying be your own bank, you get to have a say in what the rules are. Thus, you becoming your own bank. Right. It's it's not because when I think of that, I think of like I'm holding on to my own money. I can give myself a loan. I can pay myself back. I can do my own finance. You, you probably could. At the end of the day, if you're really your own bank, this only that phrase only applies to people who run their own node. If you're not running a node, you're if not you just got a bank. wallet, right? You're using whatever wallet. I won't even name any. If you're using any wallet, yeah. period, you're using their node. They are your bank. Ooh. You control the money in there so they don't get to spend your money without your consent. But, but they, they are the your rules. bank. They can change the rules. You're trusting that their node is reflecting accurate information. Thus, like, uh, um, would that, you can just say no and shut me down, but mm-hmm. <laughs> would it be like a Celsius situation? Like you gave them your money and so no, then no, they changed worse. the rules and were like, nope, you don't have any more money. Sorry. No, Celsius is much worse. Celsius, oh, okay. you gave up your keys. Okay. So... Like, like, are there any wallets that I'm failed a, that then are like no longer? Or like not if it was a non-custodial wallet. So yeah, if you use a Coinbase wallet, if you're using Cash App, mm-hmm. right? Because Cash App is custodial. Mm-hmm. Or if you're using Strike, which mm-hmm. is also custodial, mm-hmm. right? Or if mm-hmm. you're using Robin, any, Robin any, well, definitely Robinhood. Yeah. A Coinbase. Any of these are custodial. When you when they have your Bitcoin, they they hold your keys. Mm-hmm. If they disappear. So does your Bitcoin, right? Or whatever crypto you got in them, versus uh, I'll use Coinbase as an example. So that's Coinbase proper for using the exchange. Mm-hmm. Coinbase has a self-custodial wallet, mm. right? Especially for like ETH type stuff. You could use the Coinbase self-custodial wallet. You control the keys. You're still trusting their node with the information if you're not running your own node, but. If Coinbase goes out of business and the wallet evaporates, you got those your 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 seed phrase. You have your private key. You can just take your private key and go to a different wallet or your own node, put it in, and boom. Right. Okay. I just wrote down node equals bank. <laughs> your <laughs> equals node is your, your, bank. your bank. Be your own bank means run your own node. Okay. All right. And then I have more questions, but I think we're. Yep, so we're, we're, we're getting up there, but this is why we do the black notes, because yeah. every time we have a conversation, yeah. especially like this, yeah. even though even when the show runs long and then we end it, we end up talking longer, right? <laughs> so if you want to be part of that conversation, you can check us out on YouTube for the black notes for this episode. It comes out a couple days after our primary episode, so depending on when you're listening to it, you'll hear the after conversation. If you're listening to us live right now, that'll be on in about three days, Tuesday or Wednesday. You'll be able to catch the black notes. Um, if you're listening to us after that, then yep. it's available now. Yeah. So go check Just that go out on YouTube. It. Just go binge. <laughs> Netflix this. Yeah. You can chill if you want to. Yeah. But Netflix it at least. Mm-hmm. Um, where else can they catch us? Um, Facebook, TikTok, 
and X or Twitter. And those are all at the Blockument. We are also at theblockument.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and at theblockument.com, you can find resources that um, connected to today's topic. You can find out where you can listen to us um, on like Apple or Android, Spotify, etc. Etc. <laughs> yep, you can find out. You can find our, our past episodes. You can find out what we're going to talk about next. All kinds of beautiful, beautiful information. All kinds of stuff. And uh, you know, if you got some comments, questions, oh, yeah. insights, conflicts with what we're talking about today, please let us know. Yeah. And uh, hit us up on one of these channels and let's talk. Let's talk about it. That's right. <laughs> and until then, you come for the riches. Stay for the revolution. Peace. Peace.